Hey! We got it. There he is. That's fucking anchor for you. It does yep. whatever it wants. As the kids say, new phone, who dis? <laughs> yeah, trivia question. Do you know where that's actually from? No, not a clue. It is uh, one of my and Sarah's favorite shows called You're the Worst. Oh, yeah. You talk about that a lot. I should probably yeah. go back and look at that at some point. I believe it's on Hulu. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it is. All the FX stuff is now. Yeah. So, all right. So, uh, welcome to the B-Team Podcast. My name is John Macy. Tonight, I'm joined by Josh Krugner. Some might say the reverse. Yeah. And you're going to have to have a little cute name now. I am, yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. So, we are here tonight to review this week's uh, CW television for the DC Universe. Um, let's get a couple news things out of the way first, though. Um, CW made a couple of the. John? I think we lost you. Oh, I got kicked out. Why? Nope, you're here. You're here. Okay, you know what? Maybe because it if the screen goes to sleep, does it stop? Yes, unfortunately it does. Isn't Anchor the best? That's really fucking stupid. Okay, uh, I'll just have to tap on it so, every couple of And I hosted on mine. I don't know if you have an iPhone or not. Um, it doesn't go to sleep when you're hosting it. Yes. But on an Android, I believe it did. Mine clearly does. Yeah. So, yeah, this is an Android phone. Yeah, okay. that'll do it. I'll just tap on it every couple minutes. That should do it. Um, okay, so news items. Uh, the Naomi pilot was picked up to series, so they're going to do that, I guess. Um, the, That's the, uh, the Bendis thing? Yeah. Okay. The, uh, the Painkiller Black Lightning spinoff is not going forward. Um, whatever that was going to be. I didn't even know that was a thing. No, I stopped watching Black Lightning like three years ago, and it just ended this week. So I'll get back to it at some point. Um, the CW also announced uh, its first animated uh, special kind of thing, uh, Bebo Saves Christmas. Oh, that sounds fun. Yeah, I, I think we can safely avoid that one. Uh, I don't know. If something's saving Christmas, I'm all about it. That's true. And the the one that I found most interesting, actually, was um, the fr- they announced that the first five episodes of Flash Season 8 will be sort of like a, not a crossover, per se, but a series of, like, one-off teams with other CW uh, Arrowverse characters. Um I have some guesses as to what those might be, but they haven't said anything official yet. Okay. My assumption would be they're going to try to get more of the noise for one, uh, black lightning for one. Um, one of them will be Tyler Hecklin, uh, Batwoman, and a couple characters, probably. Well, so 
Sign me up for Tyler Hecklin's Batwoman any day of the week. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting how they do that. I mean, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about crossovers when we get to Flash. I have some thoughts on that as well. Um, but uh, where would we like to start? I mean, this week we basically have uh, Legends of Tomorrow and Flash, and I'll do a couple minutes on Ryan and Lois, and maybe you can see it. That's right. I watched a recap of a very old Batwoman, and I thought for a minute there was a Batwoman. No, there was not. It's not on again till June 6th, I believe. Yay. <laughs> Woo. Um, I guess we start with Legends, right? Sure. Uh, the episode was titled Bay of Squids. Um, I'll try to keep the plot short because this one gets not necessarily convoluted but it's a little more complicated than they have been uh right off the bat there's no constantine here at all show up um there's no sarah and gary bit so they entirely to the rest of the thing um this is was one of the types that i usually like the most where they drop them into an actual historical event and just let them kind of screw around um, basically, the inciting event of this was uh, that Mick is tired of the fact that they haven't done enough looking for Sarah, so he found some information about where there might be an alien from, and he drops them into, uh, I believe it was 1962 Cuba, which he is entirely unaware of. He doesn't actually know that's where they are or when they are. <laughs> They go down. They go to Cuba and stop a truck and basically steal a truck, assuming that it has um, whatever the alien they're looking for is. When it actually has a nuclear missile in the back. Right. Uh, so they have interfered in the in the Cuban missile crisis, basically. Um, and then you have uh, they sort of split off into smaller uh, groups. Which I believe changes the history to some degree. Cuba never actually had a nuclear missile that I'm aware of. Um, no, they didn't. Uh, right. The Russians did. Yep. And I will continue to say the Spooner character sucks. I yeah. feel like. The only reason this character exists is because they wanted to use Jessica Cruz, and we're told by the told by the CW, no, you can't do that because they have plans for her on that HBO Max Green Lantern show. So do this instead. Um, so then uh, Ava and Barad go looking for the alien, uh, where Barad is somewhat comically mistaken for Che Guevara. Well, he's his cousin, Jay Guevara. <laughs> yeah. So he ends up getting high with Castro. And uh, so that was kind of fun. And then uh, Nate and Zari go into the White House. And, like, Nate pretends to be, a, was it a high-end scientist? He something? was, I don't really know what the hell he was. They had him with fake Zari. And she was playing the, uh, the secretary. And then he started talking about football plays. Yep, and they let him right into the Oval Office without a bit of concern. Well, I mean, 62, 63, you know. Um, yeah, true. Yeah, 
Um, so, you know, they run into the alien eventually. Um, they start the four outside of Nate and Zari get together again because once Mick and Spooner dump the missile, they've got nothing else to do. So Mick basically goes down because the, the alien finds where the Cubans have the missile and is convinced it's like a larger vehicle that it can use to get back to wherever it came from. Right. And then Mick is just yelling at it. Right. He's like, it's not a spaceship. Um, it's, it's not a spaceship, you idiot. It's a missile. Yeah. Uh, um, the, the Cubans think that the U.S. is allying with Russia to send aliens to invade them. It gets pretty convoluted. Yes. Um, I did fu- find it funny that they sort of made, and maybe Nate was trying to like protect history, but they also made him sort of an idiot. Like, yeah. So, was, go ahead. No. Sorry. Was he that starstruck by JFK that all he seemed to be able to do was talk about football? Like, so he was trying to relate to JFK's college football upbringing. Um, and I thought they were going to do a whole thing because he got mistaken for his grandfather. And I figured they would just have him, you know, be a stand in for that. And then they dropped that right away. This one was definitely, it had a feeling like the classic legend episodes that were good, but it had all the Mm -hmm. shitty characters and all the shitty writing of this season. Yeah. And I felt like, you know, if Ray was on the show, it would have been him and Nate. And if yeah. they had even the other Zari, it would have been better. And instead they had like Nate try to bridge the gap and play like, you know, the, the lovesick fool and the dumbass. Right, right. I I actually have found in the last few years of this show, like Nate has gotten progressively dumber. Yeah. He was like, he was incredibly smart when he first showed up. It was like yep. uh, Eric Matthews syndrome. Yep, and season two, he was basically a genius, and he's gotten progressively dumber. Yeah, he, uh, he was a genius historian. Yep. But, uh, you know, I thought this was fun. They end up... Uh, Mick makes a deal with the alien that he's going to help, help her get back to wherever she came from uh, in exchange for information about where Sarah is. And uh, he basically takes the wave rider with this alien and kind of leaves them all there. Yeah, so this this is where I had a number of problems with it. Because like you said, you know, there was no Sarah and Gary and there wasn't really uh, any Constantine at all. And then at the very end, they're like, oh, we're going to go live at Constantine's house. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it looks like the entire next episode is going to be that. So. Yeah. So, for, like, for this one... The things that I liked was, you know, seeing Mick actually have purpose again. Uh, His feud with Ava is great. I thought the way that they resolved it, or at least resolved it for this episode, was great. Everything else was terrible. And the whole Aliens thing, I don't think they knew what they wanted with it. Because, so this character, who, what was her name, Kayla, is now basically going to be a character and a part of the team. And she's basically the fill-in for uh, Astra. Right. And, uh, you know, like, now, now she's female Mick. I, I also have to ask the question, was she a Green Lantern? No. Because she put a ring on her finger that flashed green, then she turned into a human. 
no. So these aliens have like this thing where like, you know, now apparently it's retcon canon that Gary puts on the glasses. He turns into Gary. She puts on the ring. She turns into that chick. Oh, okay. Um, and when they do that, it's stupid because, you know, like she immediately had social knowledge of humanity and she just like starts hard drinking and partying with Mick and being a bitch. Yeah. And it's like, all right. So if you're able to understand him to that degree, why was there any lack of communication in your other form? Doesn't make any yeah. sense. Yeah. Because she did look like a chick right off the cover of one of his romance novels, too. So I think exactly. that was interesting. But so, so what I think, like, I don't, I don't know what they were thinking with the alien device in the first place, the pod device, but I don't know if they knew where they wanted to take it. Because, like, in the first episode, she was just this, you know, basically absent minded alien villain, and they threw her out into space, and you figure, like, oh, okay, I guess she's dead. Now she's fine, and now she's a human and one of the team. So it's like yeah. they, they took their serious season long threat and turned it into comic relief. Which Grand Theft oh. Legends does that, but usually there's a little tone there, like something like uh, Damien Dark, you know. Right. He's a mass murderer, he's very threatening, but he still shows up to, you know, Ray and Nora's dinner party when Nora pretend to be marrying Constantine. Yep, there's usually something serious underneath it. It's not right. just flat out, flat out comedy and stuff. Right. Yeah. And as I feared, the episodes without Sarah have run their course. We need Sarah back immediately. Yes, because this this group needs somebody to be the parent. Um, well, I mean, so Ava was trying. Mick basically usurped her, and then they both realized they had a difference of opinion, went their separate ways, but he took the ship. So now, yep. unless we're going to start following him and Kayla on this buddy cop thing for, you know, five episodes, what the hell are the legends going to do? They're just going to be bouncing around Constantine's house. Right, right. <laughs> I feel like maybe the next episode, will, it, it, it looks like the whole thing is just going to be them living in the mystery or whatever, if they call it that. And uh, maybe they'll make fun of the real world or some shit. I don't know. It wouldn't surprise me. I mean, so the funny thing is, like, they don't actually need the Wave Rider, and they never did, really. Especially after they introduced the Time Bureau, because they have, like, those Time Bureau teleporters that can basically just take them anywhere and any when. Um, they basically just wanted to do a, a Doctor Who Star Trek show, so they had the quote-unquote spaceship, but they never needed it. Right, right. Yeah, so I mean, I um, th- like you said, this reminded me of a lot of the episodes this show has done that were good. And I oh think- yeah, definitely. Like it had um, you know, like flashes of season two, season three, a lot of uh, you know, the, the good old. Nate and Ray, and uh, like when they went back to the Vikings or when they went to the Middle Ages. Yeah. I guess I just, I mean, and no offense to like Brent or anything, but I guess I just don't get a lot out of pot jokes. And like they're trying to be funny, but like everything with Barad is a pot joke. Yeah. So, I mean, okay. I don't really either, unless they're really funny. And none of those are funny. It's like fifth grade level humor, yeah. and it just doesn't land. And he's funnier when he's interacting with the other people on the team, not like somebody like Castro who he's trying to hide shit from. He's funnier when the other team members get to react to him. Yeah. You know, and this this way of doing it is 
Yeah. And I get that probably has something to do with how but came up even further does not help. Yeah. No, so I did generally enjoy it. I had the the benefit with Legends of I tend not to think too hard about it. And I think that helps. But um yeah, I there is something missing this year. Maybe you're right that the alien stuff isn't really working. I, I don't know. Well, it's not just that. I mean, it really is Sarah, because if you look at all those other things we mentioned, or you, you could pull one, you know, right now, you have your comic relief, you have your legends doing their ridiculous whatever, and then she's like the level-headed one who balances them out, even in, when she's a loose cannon. Yep. Ava's not doing that. Mick hasn't been around, and the rest of them are basically just treading water. Yeah. You know, you, you can't I think... carry an episode like that on a Barad subplot. Right. And I think the thing is, you mentioned Ava, and I think the problem with her with her is, you know, as much as I appreciate the position they put her in at the beginning of the season, like, she's almost so single-minded about trying to find Sarah that she's not doing the parent deal. I mean, like, she's, she's, you know, she was willing to basically forego her chances to find Sarah many times. She's just, I don't know what the hell she's doing. I mean, she has no character. She never did. She was a bureaucrat. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and she's another one that works when you play her off somebody, but when you try to put her at the center, it just doesn't work. Yeah. Um, okay. So uh, I can't see the timer. I know we're nowhere close. Uh, we're at 18 minutes, just about. Okay. Yeah. All right. And I did not look at the ratings for this one either. Um, I no, I didn't either. Okay, I I actually neglected to look at any of them. Um, so yeah, I mean, not necessarily bad for me. It was an improvement over last week. I thought the stuff last week was so weird. Um, I got a ton of laughs out of the guy with the s'more head, but that's about it. Um, yeah, no, I I thought it was definitely an improvement, but like I said, it was just a reminder of how good the show used to be, and yeah. definitely isn't anymore. Right. Uh, so I suppose we should get to uh, Flash, which was the back end of that two-parter they started last week. Um, yay. So uh, I didn't watch part one because, you know, you basically walked me through it last week. I did watch this one. And when I say I had no idea what the hell was happening, it had nothing to do with not watching part one because I was able to figure it out from what you said from the recap. Basically, yeah. all I missed was there was a prison break and Cecile got hit by lightning. Yeah, the yeah. I uh, as far yeah. as everything that happened in this episode, I don't know what the fuck I was looking at. It was right. a you know, it was our second season finale for the show this year. That mm-hmm. apparently isn't a season finale, and they did all the things they usually do. There was a big citywide threat and a big storm, and Barry has to do something that. Risk losing his powers or changing the outcome of something stupid, and um, I I don't know what the hell I watched. Yeah, I didn't get the last like five minutes, but we'll try to run through the rest of it. So basically, this picks up right from where the last one left off after uh, evil Nora appeared to lightning everybody to death, and uh, so she leaves. Barry's all upset, and suddenly they all pop up alive again. 
and they just like appear in a corner and they're all alive. And that's because the psych guy made Nora think she had killed them all when she hadn't. Uh, but somehow, you know, he, he made everyone see it. So Barry thought they're all dead. And uh, so he was kind of mad. But then at the same time, he was happy because they weren't all dead. Um, so then they get the brilliant idea. And I, I missed where exactly they were taken to. Um, Barry decides to take Wurza and Psyche and stick them somewhere so that uh, Nora and the time guy can't get to them. He put them uh, in the Speed Force. Oh, is that what it was? Yeah, okay. it was the Speed Force representation of the house he grew up in as a kid, and that's what the Speed Force introduced him to in season one or two when it first showed up. Ah, uh, okay. Um, all right, so they're left there. He leaves Iris there with them for reasons. Uh, so he goes off to try to find Nora and shut her down. Um, and and I'm not entirely sure what the chronological order of all this was, but uh, Wurza and Psyche eventually turn on Iris and say, like, well, fuck you. We don't, you know, we're not just going to sit here and wait for this person to show up and kill us. So, uh, fuck you, we're leaving. Uh, and then I seem to remember Barry having a conversation with the kind guy to get him to, like, change sides and whatever. Mm-hmm. And then, so they're all, all the forces are in the city, and there was a, some giant storm thing, which I think was a, caused by all the forces using their powers in the same city for long enough. And it right. caused... so what, what happened was, for, for what the Speed Force said, she's like, I'm not the villain, they are. And he's like, you're right, I can feel it, it's their energy. And then either Chester or Cisco says, you know, oh, so those three, they're the big bad now. And I'm just like, what the hell is happening? So then there's yeah, like a tornado very... of their energy, but they're not behind it. And they didn't seem to care or even know. And then they all try to fight Nora. And then the time guy puts her in the time prison that basically psych makes her live her worst fear, which was apparently was being alone, even though that's what she wanted. And then she's like, I'm one of your children. Uh, let's all be a happy family. Yeah. So that was basically how that ended. Yet another talk down as opposed to actual action. Although there was a little bit. When they all fought fought in the Speed Force, there's a tiny bit of stuff. A little bit, um, yeah. Um, oh, and then we keep cutting back to Killer Frost, who again is now out of prison and suited up in the makeup. Oh, and yes. There was a, there she's was a, uh, fighting with Chilblain and then she wants to bang him. It was ridiculous. Which was super lame. Yeah. I mean... They were. It was basically like high school uh, River. Well, not. I. I've never seen Riverdale, but it's the first thing that came to came to mind. Uh, like Riverdale nine hundred two one zero level shit, where they're fighting and the chill playing guy is like basically like, well, you really want to bang me, don't you? Okay, sure, all right. And I mean, they're making a point of it because he's walking around with an open shirt the whole time, and it's like, all right, we get it enough. Um, so yeah, I think, I mean, I think the end point of that was basically to take Killer Frost out of prison again. Yeah, but for what purpose? Right. And she seems to have completely given up on like the, well, I guess I have to serve my time for whatever. 
Yeah, she's like, oh, the Flash got me out on good behavior off camera. Yep. Or no, I think she said something like, even the DA gives a shit when the first thing you do when you're mis- uh, accidentally let out of prison is like help them catch another 12 people. Yeah, which is um, bullshit. <laughs> yeah, so I guess maybe now she's on, you know, now she's where they originally wanted her to get to anyway, uh, which is kind of silly. Um, so this whole thing, like this whole stupid metaphorical thing with these forced people being their children was to get to this end point of suddenly they've decided they want to have kids. Which they'd already decided years ago and was again stupid. Right. But it was even more uh, on the nose maybe only to comic fans. I don't know. No, with very stupid... uh... I like that impulse. Yep. When the last thing Barry says is what you just said. And anyone who's been paying attention to the production on this show knows they're going to bring Bart Allen impulse in at some point this year. Um, Well, I watched this one on uh, the CW website after the fact. So, you know, it just ended right there. I then I thought it was a season finale. And then I was like, oh, wait, was there an after uh, after the lightning thing they do? And I missed it. So I thought they might have brought him in there, but I guess not. No, I, I don't think there was. But I think he, they have said there is going to be one. Yeah. Um, the next episode, I think, is going to be the last one for Carlos Valdez. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I, I don't know. This whole season just seems so fucking scattered. Well, so, yeah. So, I, again, I was watching a very delayed Batwoman recap going all the way back. And... Yep. Uh, I'm like, wow, you know, eight, ten episodes ago in Batwoman, it's Sophia and the island, and now it's, uh, I don't even know what the hell is happening on that show. And it's like, if you look at Flash, it's like, you look at Flash, it started with all the mirror bullshit, and Barry losing his speed, and then you jump forward five episodes, and it's Barry and his weird Force family children. I, I would even say that as much as we crap on Batwoman for a lot of things, in some ways, it's actually... I mean, it's aiming for a lower bar than Flash is right now, but in some ways, it's at least more coherent than what Flash is doing right now. I mean, I don't know if I would go that far. I would say that it's street level and doesn't deal with superpowers much. So in that respect, it's more coherent. But, you know, the writing in Batwoman is definitely yeah. not coherent. Because it's inherent, because what they're trying to do is inherently simpler. Yeah. Right. Well, so like when they did the, uh, the Awful Crisis crossover... You know, everybody's segment opens with like a world ending event and then Batwoman's is she's in Gotham chasing the rabbit gang. <laughs> yeah. Oh, by the way, if it helps, I think I, I figured out why the audio wasn't picking up at first. Why is that? Because my old ass had the volume down on this phone. That might do it. And I didn't realize it. That might so. do it. So Yeah, you know. Um so I mean I guess this brings me to a point that I believe I made in our little chat thread where I'm beginning to question whether the people that write this Flash show have any idea what they're doing if they don't have a crossover thing to do. Yeah. Because clearly the frame of the last few seasons has been, you know, first couple episodes set up crossover, crossover happens, then 
the rest of the season is dealing with the ramifications of that. And now they don't have that to lean on and have no clue what they're doing. Yeah, you're not wrong. So, I mean, you know, I'm giving it a lot of a lot on credit because I, I still like watching Grant stuff and a lot of these actors, you've been, if you've been watching the show long enough, it's like, why give up on this to any degree, really? But it's not fun. <laughs> no, I, I agree. Yeah. And uh, I suppose we can, I mean, I don't think the Superman and Lois thing is going to be that long, uh, but I at least want to, there was something pretty big this week that I at least want to bring up for the comic fans here. I don't know that Normies will especially care about this unless you remember a particular movie with Shaquille O'Neal in it. Um, uh, yes, I heard about that. I think you told me this. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Basically, this episode, is, uh, this was actually my, uh, weird Weird as it sounds, this was actually my favorite episode of this show so far because it was actually a Superman show for once. Uh, not that I mind the kids and stuff, but they've clearly made the kids the focus up to this point, and this is the first episode where it actually felt like a Superman and his wife show, and not just the two kids with them as background. Um, so, basically, you have, uh, I don't know if I mentioned this last week, but um, Lois was finally able to convince Lana to help her figure out the whole Edge thing. Um, so she's kind of spying on Edge from the inside. And uh, while that's going on, um, she also has, you know, no reason to further trust the Captain Luthor guy because, you know, she saw the future tech last week and was like, there's got to be something going on here. Um, so picking up from last week, uh, although I was not going in, I was not... I had a bad feeling because the first thing this episode does is make Clark look really dumb because he flies, he flies Jordan to the fortress for examination after he had like a seizure of the previous week or whatever. And, uh, the holographic Jor-El comes back and says, Oh yeah, he, uh, he has the super hearing thing. And until he learns how to deal with that, everything he hears is going to cause him pain. And it's like, Clark have recognized that because that would have happened to him at some point. You would think, yeah. Yeah, I thought it was kind of dumb that he like had to fly him all the way to the fortress just to be told that when like he should already know that. Um, So Lois has been approached by the Captain Luthor guy again, and I'll continue to refer to him that way until a certain point. And she says, you know, I'm done dealing with you unless you start giving me something. Um, so he said, he asks her to set up a meeting with Superman for him. And while this is going on, Clark goes into his weird RV thing. Uh, and the, um, the little Siri eye thing that he has refers to Clark to Captain Luthor when he walks in the, walks in the RV. So that convinces them that, uh, this guy has something to do with Lex. So uh, they decide to, they find out that Edge is moving some of this weird kryptonite crap. So they try to go, Superman and Lois try to go stop it. Or at least 
they didn't want to stop it. They were trying to observe it at least to see what he was doing with it. Mm-hmm. So they go to do that, and um, the Captain Luthor guy shows up and completely fucks them over. Because like he gets the he gets the transport wrecked and takes the kryptonite rather than letting it go where it needs to go. And uh, Lois says to him, basically says to him, "Hey, fuck nut." Uh, we were trying to make sure we knew where that was going, and uh, you just screwed us. So uh, Clark is there out of costume, so you know there's no like immediate thing with Superman there. Um, and this this Captain Luthor guy has no idea that Clark and Superman are the same person. Um, she agrees to the meeting with Superman for him. And then that happens a little bit later. And Captain Luthor just immediately tries to kill him. Uh, gets him into a position where he has, you know, the, the red sun filter thing. Uh-huh. Okay. So correct me if I'm wrong, but to do that red sun filter thing, you actually do need the solar energy of a sun, right? Um, typically, yes, but sometimes it's literally just, like, a light, and they have a filter on it. But can I I was kind of hung up with, like, can you get the same red sun effect with car headlights? Well, so, I mean, it it wouldn't be car headlights, because it would still have to be that UV makeup. Yeah. But, you know, for example, like, a tanning bed is still UV radiation. It's obviously not our sunlight, but it is a form of UV radiation, so... Well, that you, was you my would problem. need a UV lamp that's red, basically. That was my problem, though. He was doing it with car headlights. Oh, well... I mean, if they were part of his ATV, my guess is they're, like, specially made car headlights. That, yeah, that's yeah. possible. And if he had future tech, it's possible that he could. Yeah. Um, so you find out in the course of this, because... They get his fingerprints, and Lois sends his fingerprints to DOD. You find out that, and it raises red flags because we already know this guy's from another Earth. They've told you that. And we find out that his equivalent on the main Earth is a guy by the name of John Henry Irons, which to normies means absolutely nothing, I'm betting. But to somebody who's actually read the comics, that's a pretty big deal. I would imagine most people would know that name and definitely the moniker. Yep. I mean, he does have a movie. Yeah, I just don't know that all that many people saw that movie. Yeah. Um, I, If I hadn't already seen the thing that gave away who he was before I even watched it, I probably would have figured it out when they showed... His he had a daughter with Lois because they showed a bunch of stuff uh, from his Earth before he came to Prime Earth, and he had a daughter with Lois who looked just like the daughter that he has in Rebirth, who actually became Steel in Young Justice. So okay, that, that tipped me off. Even if I hadn't already known that, I probably would have figured it out with that. So um, while I. I feel like they did it for no reason other than the name drop mm-hmm. uh, and the fact that fans like us would, a lot of fans like us would probably be like, Oh, Hey, yeah, they've done that. That's cool. Um, and it's not necessarily bad, 
but I feel like that doesn't mean anything unless you've shown a version of this guy in the prime earth already. And, you know, maybe we've gotten to see him as a hero and then like, this is a bigger deal. Um, yeah. You know, but it, it's a solid little, you know, they're aware of the, they're aware of the history and whatever. And it could have been something that they just as easily made up, but they were aware of the history and they wanted to throw it in there. And, uh, you know, I'll be interested to see if maybe he does eventually, uh, you know, when all the stuff with Morgan Edge goes to shit, he will eventually step up inside with them. I don't know. Um, but the kids end up saving him, saving Clark by just driving Clark's truck into uh, Irons um, as he's kicking the crap out of Clark with the hammer. Because he's got the, the steel hammer thing. Uh, of course um, he does. Yeah. And it was actually pretty neat. I mean, it was just, I mean, obviously it's got you know parallels to the thor hammer and everything but you know it's just it actually had some neat moments where like he's beating him up with it he's talking about it you know absorbs kinetic energy and the more i throw it around the harder it's going to hit you i thought that was kind of neat i don't know if that's actually from the comic or anything but i thought that oh was yeah they, they totally ended up ripping off uh thor's hammer with and basically iron man but yeah yeah yep and then uh you find out in the whole the whole side thing with Edge, which involves Lana, is that he asks her to uh, look at his employee roster, or no, it wasn't even people who worked for him. He was reaching out to people for what he claimed was a young executive program. Like he wanted people to be able to claim he wanted people to be able to shadow executives and get um, and learn how to be executives and whatever. You find out by the end that that she was actually selecting the candidates for whatever this give people Kryptonian powers thing is going to be. Ah, um, okay. So that that is why we spend all these weeks with uh, with her and her asshole McRepublican husband, just so they can get to all this. Because um, we, I remember in the early weeks, we were wondering, like, why is she even here? What does this have to do with anything? Right. Um, and apparently that this is the goal to get her to be Lois's mole and things. Um, they did show and, you know, I feel like this was something that the Snyder movies might have wanted to do, but probably kind of wimped out from. They did during one of the side flashes to the Captain Luthor Earth. They showed Clark as Superman uh, obviously, because he's not, I don't think he's really Clark Kent on this world at all. Uh, Heat Visioning Lois to death. Oh, okay. Kind of I mean, it wasn't particularly graphic, obviously, because they, they backed away from it because it's obviously a family show. But um, I will also mention that they implied that on uh, Iron's Earth, his Earth was wrecked by multiple Kryptonians, it wasn't just Clark. Uh, because they showed another like Kryptonian flying off in existence, so maybe they'll try to say there were multiple Kryptonians on his Earth or whatever. Uh, and as far as the stuff with the kids go, in between um the thing early on and then the thing where they save Clark, my theory about Jordan only having powers when John was around is totally out the window now because. He was having super hearing shit while John was somewhere completely different. 
So that theory of mine is now toast. I'll um, never forget the power of retcons. Like it always revealed that, like you know, John had uh, super speed the whole time, and he was right next to him. Yeah, that's true. They could, and you know, I'd like to think that these people are better than the Batwoman writers, at least. So we'll see, I guess. Um, but there was a whole thing about you know, John constantly having the cover for him in their school and whatever. And he listened to John have a conversation with, with uh, Lana's kid. And when John came back to their home, Jordan gets all pissy with him because obviously he's basically treating this girl like they're dating already, even though they're not, which was a little creepy. Uh, and, you know, he was basically getting all chesty and jealous and shit. Mm -hmm. And John was just like, what are you doing? I constantly have to lie for your ass. So, you, you know, please at least try to acknowledge that I'm doing that. And, uh, you know, maybe not judge every single thing that comes out of my mouth. Um, so, I mean, one thing I will say is they haven't, I will give them credit in the fact that I do think they write these two kids fairly well. Um, yeah, I'd agree with that. It's not a thing, you know, I generally don't like uh, a lot of the ways that people of this age bracket are written on television. Mm -hmm. And I do feel like, you know, they had a small argument in this episode that could have gone on for the next month, but they very easily, like, you know, the next scene you see them together, it's, it very easily becomes like, oh, well you know, this whole situation sucks, so we might as well not turn on each other, you know. Um, so, I mean, I give them a lot of credit for how easily this could turn into, like, teenage super drama, and they're not doing that. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, this this one still has my interest. Um, Corey's pretty much out on it now. Yeah. I mean, she's watching the Smallville, I think, to see all the stuff they're ripping off from that. Uh, yeah, I, I was going to say, like, my frustration with this show so far is that, you know, you never know in different continuities if he was Superboy, if he always had his powers, or he had to adjust to it. Yeah. So in Smallville, we saw him get and develop his powers. And on this one, we got, like, the one flashback that I saw anyway to him leaving, and it just seemed like he had everything already. And here's my other problem. And this character does not appear in this episode, so I didn't really have to directly deal with this here. Mm -hmm. But General Lane, like, no, it just doesn't, it doesn't work for me. Like, I think some of it is the casting. Like, I find Dylan Walsh about as threatening as a roll of paper towels. Yeah. <laughs> He's supposed to be threatening, and, like, I just don't care. Um, and the other thing is, like, I get that they're kind of going from the comic book thing where Sam Lane has an adversarial relationship with him. But... I've never seen a universe where the Sam Lane character is aware that he is Superman and he's married to his daughter and he knows all this. And yet he's still like, well, I have to be able to kill him just because some guy from another fucking Earth, which I guess he doesn't know right now, but some guy from another Earth told me he's going to kill everyone. And it's like, okay, but don't you think the fact that you've been around this guy this much and know he doesn't have that in him anywhere would count for something? Yeah, you you would think that uh, they'd be like best friends. Yeah, 
And they explain. Oh, they explain that the Captain Luthor thing, like why why the AI thing constantly refers to him as Captain Luthor. Mm-hmm. And like it was dumb because it just felt really stupid. Like you would think this could very easily be changed, but he basically said to the to the daughter, he said, "Oh yeah, I designed the suit for Lex, and it still thinks I'm Lex Luthor, so it, it always calls me that." Oh, so and that was like, that was just a fake out that they yeah. So it was it was clearly it was clearly meant to be a fake out that they could have just rationalized better than that. Um, <laughs> so you know, um, I would say in the words of Meatloaf, two out of three ain't bad this week. Uh, okay, because I like two of those at least. Um, and I'll say with Flash, like I didn't especially like it because I don't care about any of this. You know, I never cared about any of this crap with human Nora but I think they took the really shitty position they put themselves in with this whole storyline and probably did the best they felt like they could with it at the end I mean um, I guess it, it was just terrible all around yeah I mean it's a little it's a little overly passive like that's a common complaint we've had with, with this whole thing and I think there's actually a very they could have added something where it was clear that the, that the, and they could have done this way earlier, right? Added something where it was very clear that the human version of the speed force had somehow been corrupted by something. Yeah. That's what I thought they were going for. Yeah. Because then it would have made sense to suddenly have her turn around and be like, at the end of this one, to suddenly have her turn around and be like, Oh, I'm fine now. Everything's okay. I'm going to, work with these other three people and we're going to be okay. But, like, why would any of them accept that? She just spent the last three months trying to kill you. Well, not, not only that, like, again, they it was basically just filler at the end of the day. They didn't explain any of it. They never explained how she couldn't just take away Barry's powers. And he leaves them all trapped in the speed force. Right. But apparently that's where they were supposed to be anyway. I don't... Uh, they were sure. people, though. Like, I, I the whole... They were their kids spiritually. Like none of that made sense. And like when he was going to let the forces, quote unquote, die, it wouldn't have killed the people. They would have been people. Yeah, they just would have lost powers or whatever. Yeah, that's fine. So I think overall, I'm just kind of generally annoyed by this storyline because this was one of the things in uh, in Rebirth. I think it was Rebirth, but I generally liked the yeah. actual version of this in Rebirth was actually pretty good. And uh, for them to take this story, which wouldn't have been all that hard to do well, mm-hmm. do what they did was like, are you fucking serious? Really? Um, so yeah, I mean, I enjoyed Legends, even though it is a step down from the prior um, uh, I'm curious to see where the whole Iron Man is going to go. They're dumb. Um, yeah. But, you know, I'll be interested to see where that goes. Uh, as far as next week, only only Superman is on next week. Okay. Because I think they're, you know, they're not going to run the Memorial Day weekend. Well, that is uh, the, the perfect time for a segue because you had given me a, uh, a challenge. We did, of course, Maximum Carnage, which is going to be up soon. And yep. uh, you said, you know, we need more DC stuff. And unless you have something else in mind, uh, I just thought of a very, very obscure one. And if you like Superman and you like when Legends of Tomorrow was good, 
Oh, have I got an event for you. Okay. So it's called Time and Time Again from 1991. This is the post-crisis Superman who has been... Hello? active for about 10 years and okay. he's going to be bouncing around throughout different points in history with the legion of superheroes so there's a lot of stuff to jump into but it's a lot of fun okay uh if you want to maybe uh in our chat or give me the issue numbers for that or something i'll look and see where it's available uh do a thing out of that uh yeah. which actually brings me to another another point that I just literally just thought of, right? And I know that Legends of Tomorrow hasn't been, like, their most hugely popular TV show, although I think it does have a very dedicated audience. Uh-huh. Um, how have they never done, like, an actual comic that is sort of based on that? Like, you would think when the, when the show first started, they actually would have taken some of those characters and an actual comic around it somehow? Yeah. So the answer there is uh, they did and they didn't. You know, so in the comics, especially the post-crisis, basically it was supposed to be the linear men. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's where Wave Rider comes from. That's where Rip Hunter comes from. Uh, Most of the other characters were, you know, basically just picked from obscurity. And that was the draw for the CW when it launched because that launched as a crossover if you remember yep Yep. and it was originally supposed to be a Suicide Squad show I believe right Right. because it's Rip Hunter is recruiting them he says you know in my time you're all legends and then they find out he's full of shit and nobody knows who the hell they are right and he did it because they were expendable yeah and uh, you know obviously they they have uh, Sarah Lance from Arrow and she became the face of the show and then you know they just basically started making up characters and uh, right. yeah I, I figured with Rebirth they might have launched the title but I guess not they, they did a couple one-offs that were you know that had uh, that had some of the characters in them but it was all in continuity stuff like they didn't try to like give them this basic premise of go around on this time spaceship and do shit uh huh so, I mean, I'm just surprised. Like, they lean so hard into all the other all the other shows in the books. I'm surprised they never bothered with this one. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, but, yeah, so, anyway, time and time again, I'm not going to give you any of the major plot points, but I will say uh, a series of events has Superman just literally bouncing through time. Um, and then if it's the trade that I have, which I guess I'll just give you those issue numbers, uh, it culminates with a epilogue with him basically meeting the linear men. Um, yeah, but he he goes to uh, you think of a time period, he's there. Yep. Let me uh, look at Comicsology and see if the trade's on there first, and then it's after a that. really old trade, so I don't know if it's ever been reprinted. But obviously, you know, I have it. I can check the issue numbers. Cool. I don't I don't remember if it was consecutive or not. I mean, I know most of the story was because it had that banner. But then, like I said, the last two at least jumped to maybe a year ahead. Right. Okay. So I think we pretty much hit everything we wanted to. Uh, as you said, we have um, 
the Maximum Carnage show that'll be released uh, probably Monday or Tuesday, um, depending on when I get around to that, actually. Uh, that was with you and I and Justin and Steven Becker. That was quite fun. Um, yeah, that was great. Yep. Uh, also, I'm going to get back to the pull list thing this week. We were busy last weekend. I didn't really get a chance to do that. Um, I have like two weeks worth of stuff to go over, so that's going to be fun. Uh, I'm also planning on going to see A Quiet Place 2 tomorrow night, so there'll probably be some sort of, um, maybe not immediate, but there'll be some sort of short review of that this weekend. Um, we have the Braveheart one coming up soon. I might actually try to watch that again before my wife's going to be out of town probably for maybe some of the days we might do that so i might try to watch that again before while she's away um so yeah was there anything you wanted to throw out and before we hang up how do i close this so it doesn't all disappear (laughs) uh so if you have the same interface that i had you basically just hit the red or the orange thing that says end recording okay because i just see a button that says i just see a button that says cancel i'm afraid that's going to wipe it out Hmm, I don't remember it saying cancel. Mine says okay. leave recording. Okay, nice. Saying and I think it's after I leave. I'm not sure though. Okay, yeah, let's see what it does after you. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. So I'm gonna I'm gonna leave here and then just wait. I'll go on the chat. You tell me or screenshot okay. me what you're looking at because maybe it's a different phone. Yeah. yeah. I gotta go to a different room though. Hold on. Okay, I'm jumping out here. All right. Oh, okay. Yep, we're good. All right, cool.